Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, a Colorado woman faces jail time for the hate crime of tearing up a pro-police sign. An excess of lawyers may be responsible for an excess of warning labels. And Connor takes the Guess the Verdict Challenge. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Deal Board podcast and for another great episode that we have today. Today, we are talking about growing your business. Yeah, it's a great subject. We always love love it. And we're talking to two Incredible interviews. I really enjoyed uh, both of them. I got to in, uh, interview Carl Gould, and he was he was funny. I mean, and he has a great story, a uh, personal story about how he overcame uh, a, a personal injury that kind of got he he couldn't finish uh, college, and how he was kind of forced to get into the entrepreneurial world and all the things that he's learned along the way. Uh, he is uh, a really refreshing interview. I liked him because he was from Jersey. You'll like uh, you liked him too because of that. Yeah. Uh, but he is certainly worth taking the time and listening to. And you had a great guest as well. Yeah, I interviewed Kizzy Parks, and Kizzy Parks is an expert in acquiring government contracts for small businesses. She's actually acquired uh, over $50 million in government contract work in the last few years. Um, so I thought it was interesting because, we, you know, I think as business owners, when we're thinking about growing our business and growing the valuation of our business, we think of it advertising, hiring more salespeople. Um, but Kizzy really talks about there's this whole myth that obtaining these government contracts is very difficult. And it's not. And so she talks about how that path is for small businesses, how it can affect your business and, and really how to win and service your customer, which is the government con the government. So you can continue to do business with them. Yeah. Listen, I've, I've actually done some work for the government. We did a, we sold a business for the department of justice and they made it super easy and they were very helpful. You know, you do have to bid, you have to go through a formal process, but they kind of walked us through it and they really wanted us to uh, be a participant in the bidding. Uh, so they really, they extended the bidding uh, because it wound up nobody bid that was qualified. They really wanted us to do it. So they're very helpful. And uh, I think the government's spending a little bit of money these days. Just a little bit, you yeah. know, it's probably, I mean, it's probably the biggest spender in the country. So I, I think both interviews, Carl and Kizzy are interesting because it's different growth paths that small business owners can think of. And, and when we're talking about growth, obviously related to our podcast, if a business grows profitably, right, it's going to increase the valuation and what that company's worth. And that's what you want to do. When you go to sell your business, and especially all those baby boomers out there, 
who are hopefully listening to podcasts or have kids that are pointing them to listen to podcasts, uh, this is a great episode to kind of just, again, get the message of what it takes to kind of run your business to make sure that you have a great exit. And of course, we've got a great deal of the week and listing of the week, but hopefully you get some tidbits for your business, growth ideas that you haven't thought of yet out of this episode. So let's jump in. Let's do it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back to the deal board, everybody. And today we're talking about growing your business and how to grow the valuation of the business. And we have a really interesting expert on the show for a topic we've never discussed before. So Kizzy Parks, as a kid, um, she used to clean golf balls behind an alley um, or behind her friend's house and resell them to golfers. And she used the money to buy Funyuns and Nutty Bars. I have a really funny Funyun story if we get into it later. Um, And she always knew she'd become an entrepreneur. And she also earned an advanced degree in psychology. Her entrepreneurial spirit meshed well with her inquisitive nature and is an adopted a child who always wanted to, and then she met her birth family. She's driven to become the successful business owner she always knew she would be, and she went on to earn a PhD and establish a company over a decade ago. Today, she owns and operates multiple businesses and has over $50 million in government contract awards. And through her business, GovCom Winners, she helps service-based small businesses learn how to win profitable federal government contracts. So today, we're going to talk about federal contracts and how they can grow your business. And Kizzy Parks, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's a pleasure to be here. Wow. Well, I mean, your bio is so fun, and it's also... um, really impressive. We talk a lot um, to our small business owners that one way to grow the valuation of their company is to increase revenue and obviously increase profit. We haven't talked about government contracts on the show before, but it's a great way to do that. So how did you just give us the background? Like, how did you start in that world? Yeah, I was a graduate research fellow at now Patrick Space Space, uh, Force. And at that time, I thought, okay, I'll end up in this position. Um, I was there for a few months, and then I thought I was going to go on and get a job. But instead, the director of research that December said, hey, I heard you're graduating in a couple of weeks. I'd like to keep you on as a contractor. And I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> I uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure it out and still you know, learning every day because government contract is, contracting is so fluid. But that's where I started was right as I was ending my graduate school term. I then took my sole proprietorship and incorporated it into K-Parks Consulting. Wow. So, I mean, as you've done your work with small, small businesses, what have you found? Like what it, what are some of the positive effects government contracts can have on a small business? It's one of the, I would say it's probably the only market where you can go from one billable person or zero billable to 
a hundred billable people overnight. We're not talking you received round, you know, your first round of funding, or you're trying to bring on more people because of the holiday season. We're talking about you winning work with the federal government where every single month for potentially five years, you're able to invoice for these people. So it really can catapult a small business. And often it does where they start out with maybe one or two people or, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they can get to the point of 50 to a hundred million dollars a year. And then they become no longer small uh, Mm -hmm. in the government space. Or if you want to remain small, you can easily remain small and just pick up additional revenue stream. It's really interesting because I think as small business owners, a lot of us would think maybe I'm too small for a government contract. Like was the federal government even select me? Um, Do you find that with a lot of the clients you work with, with that mentality? Yeah. Sometimes people think they're too small or I don't have any experience with the government. What can I bring? Or would they even want to work with me? The answer is yes. I mean, while I started out in um, as a graduate research fellow, I was analyzing data and I ended up taking that and really growing it into providing specialized training for food inspectors. I have no experience in food inspecting. And so the same works for you, where, for instance, there's an agency right now looking for a spiritual training for chaplains. Hey, if that's your wheelhouse or maybe you're able to find somebody who can do that, why wouldn't they want to work with you? They just need this actual training fulfilled. Or if you're interested in flipping things, the federal government, they purchase a lot of products on this Unison website, like kosher potato chips, books for bureaus of prison. And if that's your thing, why couldn't you do that? You don't need a experience with the federal government to sell kosher potato chips. Wow. I would never have imagined any of those being like actual federal government contracts, but I mean, it kind of plays into my next question. Cause it sounds like there's a little bit of everything needed, but is there, is this suited for some businesses or some industries better than others? I think it's suited for those who are up for the interesting experience of, of federal contracting. Um, it, regardless if a company is huge, um, like You have IBMs, DynCorps, Deloitte's, you know, that are in this space. And then you have tiny businesses. I always suggest to people is based on your mindset. If you have a real entrepreneurial mindset and you're interested in monetizing any and everything that goes along with your ethics, morals, values, mission, vision, then the government is the place for you because you have large companies that, for instance, bid on firefighters, firefighters. Yeah. And they may also bid on cybersecurity work, or they may also bid on efforts that involve weapon system, because that's that's the beauty of government contracting is the diversity of the different options. So if you're open to exploring that, by all means, But if even if you're in one particular area and you say, hey, all I want to do is provide IT services, I mean, there's there's a path for you, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. What um, have you seen any pitfalls in in your exploration with government contracts for your business and for others? Yeah, definitely. The biggest pitfalls are 
people assume because you're a small business that the government's like welcoming you with these open arms and you're their long lost love and you're there <laughs> to save them and whisk them away. And, and it's like not how it works at all. And so what'll happen is especially small businesses, they'll get the work, but they may not be very entrepreneurial. They may struggle with cash flow. They may have a lot of issues with client relations, but the thought is, well, I have the work. You gave me the work. So like I'm supposed to be here. And and that's not a good place to be because what will happen is the client will then no longer want to work with you. Just like any and, other client, right? Right. The only difference is because of the, the contract, you may not feel it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but you may feel it in a year or you have to be strategic. Because even if you mess up, there have been times we've done that. We had some hiccups with a big client and I said to my team, okay, well, we have a we have this time now during COVID and after to fix things and figure out what's going on and it's changed and the client has noticed the change. But there are some that don't want to or think that they don't have to make any kind of changes to satisfy the client because they have this five-year contract that says, I just have to give you, you know, provide you 50 people, or I have to provide you this service. So why do I have to give you customer service? Right. Well, that's a good point. You know, even with long-term contract government or others, you still have to provide good customer service. Right. And yeah, you're right. Cause I mean, it might not bite you tomorrow, but down the road and, and that could be a really big impact to your business. So that's a great takeaway for business owners. So like, our, our listeners are sitting here thinking like, oh, this must be so much work to find these government contracts, to get them to apply. It takes so long. Tell us a little bit of like, what's like the first step? Like what's, if someone wants to dip their toe in the water, like what's the first step into this process? The first step is you have to register on sam.gov. And it's really not that challenging. Even if you're a solopreneur, you can register on there. Then what's important is, you know, to learn a little bit about how the government buys and you don't need to know everything because there's so many agencies that can be overwhelming. So you can just skip to the third step. So the third step is (laughs) you go to beta.sam.gov and you can look up opportunities. So there are certain kind of opportunities where they're looking to fulfill them immediately. Like for instance, we bid on an exercise physiologist, we bid on religious positions. So they, they'll look for priests, music directors, Catholic youth coordinator. I mean, it's just boils down to staffing or if it's a, a product, sometimes they're looking for Oculus headsets, scopes to control the hog population. And if that's something you want to get involved in, you'll learn that they, there may be a little bit of a lag where you submit the proposal and maybe 30 days later you find out, but there, that's a big myth where yes, yeah, there's work where it may take years or they cancel it or things change. And you're like, ah, I can't believe it. But then there's the opposite. There's uh, products and services that they need immediately and that could provide an opportunity for you to then grow some other areas. Maybe you don't always want to provide scopes to control the hog population and you want to provide more training, who knows, but at least it's something in the interim. 
this conversation and all these examples, because they're so interesting. Like I never would have thought these are like controlling the hog population, kosher chips. Those are things. Why don't you speak to our listeners right now that are sitting there and they're like, you know, this could be a really good opportunity for me and my business. And just like, what would you say to them to get them moving? Like to inspire them to take action on this? I think the biggest inspiration, I mean, it, it really, I, I can't, okay. Please don't think I'm cocky y'all. Please don't. I mean, I really, I really think I'm the biggest inspiration in that I have a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, and I literally could have just taken that subcontract. It was right around six figures and I could still be doing that today. And instead, I really took these 13 years to figure things out and to learn how the government buys and to grow and to to develop. And the thing that's really unique is many people in this space either worked for the government, served in the military, maybe they're just an entrepreneur or they partnered with someone I like never, ever run across another person like me. And so if I can do this and figure this out in Florida, because you may be thinking, oh, you live in DC. I don't, I don't even live in DC. I live in Florida. So if I can do this, clearly y'all can do this too, because it's really just taking that entrepreneurial spirit and running with it. And and I'll also add, I have a colleague, David, who I'm so inspired by. This man started out with a mentoring company. He started it in like 08 and he ended up learning about government contracting and he now has a multi-million dollar business and he offers everything. The big thing he does, he flips hotel rooms. So the National Guard will need hotel rooms in Oregon. He calls and gets pricing for hotels, puts in a bid. He has, I believe, a group of scientists in some long-term housing. And so that's just another example of an area where you add your profit margin and why couldn't you resell hotel rooms at Best Western? Why not? Um, It's just realizing that everything is literally possible and you really can do it in the federal government if you desire. That's amazing. And you are an inspiration. I mean, $50 million in government contracts. That is like nothing to not write home about. That is a crazy amount of revenue. Um, so cause we, they don't have to do this themselves. It can be overwhelming. It can be a process, but I'm assuming that's why you started GovCon. So tell us a little bit about your consulting practice and how you help small business owners with this process. Yes. I recently started GovCon winners because I realized that many of the people out there are very lost and confused when it comes to government contracting. And then many of the experts that are there to help either don't really know the space, never worked in the space, or they target companies that are like 5 million and above in government revenue. Mm -hmm. So what I do is one is I offer an eight week training program where we could do it through Zoom. It's very small. We cover amazing modules. So you know how to find, bid and win government work. I also offer monthly business development services. I'm working with a company that brings in 35 million a year uh, to really help them double. Um, And that involves a tons of different um, 
services. And then I also help those who may not, may just need some strategic help. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to talk to a customer. So I have a retired executive on my team who helps these type of small businesses so that they know what to say when they have meetings with the federal government, because in the federal space, we have these things called capability briefs. And it's very different than on the commercial side. And so a lot of people don't really know how to approach them or they've been taught maybe not the best way. And so that's really helpful because it's one of the many steps that are needed to get an agency to really want to do work with you. And then lastly, I assist with go, no go opportunities and go, go, no go reviews. So maybe you're curious, should you go after something, how to really interpret the RFP that's out there, you know, suggestions to strengthen your proposal. So those are some other services that we offer. So runs the gamut, whether you are just starting out, you're in the middle or you're flourishing, we can help you at GovCon winners. I think that's a great service and and especially the listeners that are on here. If you're thinking about getting started, I will say government contracts not only increase your revenue, they're highly valuable to a buyer when you go to sell. So um, this is definitely an area to pursue. If you're even interested, I'd encourage you to reach out to Kizzy. Kizzy, you're probably the only and the best expert I've ever talked to on this subject. So um, tell us your contact information and how listeners can get in touch with you if they want to learn more. Yes. So please contact me through um, LinkedIn. You can DM me on LinkedIn. You can email me at K, K is in Kilo, my first name, Kizzy, K Parks at KPC, Kilo, Papa, Charlie, INC. Dot com. So kparks at kpcinc.com, please either or just reach out. I would love to contact you, especially, you know, on LinkedIn. I see it all the time, just like with my email, would love to connect or just even chat. You know, if you just have questions, I would love just to chat and hear more and see how I could potentially be of help. Awesome. And we'll drop all that information to the show notes. And Kizzy's also tagged in our LinkedIn posts. So you can grab, grab her uh, uh, contact information real quick from there. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we're going to have to have you back on and do a deeper dive at some point, but I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been awesome. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome, everybody. Transworld Business Advisors has expanded to Canada, and we've got a few offices up there, Ontario and Calgary. And today, I want to welcome Vladimir Holick from our Transworld Business Advisors office in Ontario, located in Toronto. Welcome to the show, and welcome to the Transworld family. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your office. I run a Transworld of Ontario. We are located in Toronto. Uh, which is the financial capital uh, of uh, the province of the country. Uh, we have a number of uh, business advisors working on with small businesses. Great presence here, uh, servicing various clients, uh, uh, industry agnostic, uh, focusing uh, at the moment on clients under 25 million uh, Canadian dollars valuation-wise, uh, and we are open for business. Yeah, we're excited to bring the great services that we've had in the U.S. for a very long time to Canada, and I'm sure you're going to do very well in that market. Speaking of, you have a great new listing to feature. So tell us a little bit about that business. Yeah, so we've got a business in a construction or manufacturing industry. It's actually stone fabrication business. 
uh, a company run for over 20 years by a great owner. Uh, they've developed it well, you know, really care about the business. It's located in southwestern Ontario. 85% of sales are B2B, uh, where company, company supplies mainly developers of residential constructions with stone countertops, accent walls, staircases, and so on. Wow. Sounds like a great business. 20-year history. That's that's very impressive for a small business and also could be attractive to buyers in Canada or outside of Canada too. Tell us a little bit about the numbers. You know, What's the asking price? What's the SDE? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, look, we are going to the market with 5.2 million. Now uh, you can look at this differently and it's Canadian dollars. Uh, it's a business with 6.5 million in annual sales. Uh, SDE just over a million dollars, and uh, EBITDA, you know, around 830, 40,000. Now, we are including a million of inventory. Now, this business can be run with less than that, and that would be part of that final adjustment uh, on uh, when transaction closes. So you can run it uh, perhaps with 700, 600,000 in the inventory, but that 5.2 includes that number. Um, wow. Wow. Good numbers. Good performing business. 5.2. Remember listeners, that's Canadian dollars. So do the exchange rate on that that's one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Might that's be right, beneficial for some U.S. buyers, right? <laughs> that's right. Look, it could be a great entry point uh, for uh, for a company that's in the uh, industry who wants to enter into Ontario or Canadian market and uh, getting a company that's established with client base and doing well every year. Uh, I think this could be a great, great opportunity for a U.S. Uh, player. Awesome. Well, Vladimir, tell us a little bit more. How can someone contact you if they want to learn more about this listing or they just want to know more about your practice in general in Canada? Sure. The, the, first of all, they can visit our website at tworth.com slash Ontario. Uh, my, my direct number, 647-946-2605. Alternatively, email whalek, that's W-H-A-L-E-K, at tword.com. Awesome. And we'll drop that into the show notes, too, for listeners, if you want to grab that. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Welcome to the Transworld family again, and we look forward to having you back many more times. Thank you for having me. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is the Deal Board, and we are very happy to have a wonderful guest with us. Carl Gould of Seven Stage Advisors. He is an entrepreneur. We love having entrepreneurs, hearing their stories. Uh, he's written a few books and he's got a great uh, great history and a, a great way of uh, helping clients get to the next level. And he's gonna talk about it because he's helped many people sell their businesses as well. So Carl, welcome to the deal board. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to get things rolling. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, listen, you have an interesting story about how you got into business and it's not too dissimilar to mine. I didn't do well in college. You actually had something else happen to you, which we'll talk about in a minute, but that's kind of why I was led to, I, I didn't get a job. So I figured I better start a business. So tell us your story. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, prior to going to college, I had gotten a job doing, uh, landscape construction. I really enjoyed it. And I remember the, the summer before I went to college, my boss says to me, hey, Carl, take this proposal, go down the street to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, present the proposal and let me know which aspects of the job they want to do. 
So I go down there, I go down to see Mr. and Mrs. Smith and you knock on the door and they say, oh, who are you? I'm, I'm Carl West asked me to come down and explain the project. So she's like, oh, okay, well, thank you. And I said, all right. So I walked down the entire proposal and I said, and we, you know, I, I talked to Mrs. Smith about the aspects of the job. And I was told to say, whichever parts of the job you want to do, I need a 50% deposit so I can get you in the production schedule. I didn't even know what a production schedule meant, but I knew that's what I was supposed to say, right? I get my deposit check. I get a signed contract. I go back to Wes. Wes says, uh, how'd it go? I'm like, why? I guess it went okay. She says she wants to start right away. She gave me a 50% deposit check and, uh, and uh, she wants to start. And he goes, uh, what parts of the job is she going to do? And I said, well, what do you mean? She's going to do all of it. He goes, all of it? What do you mean all of it? I said, well, yeah, you gave me the whole list. I explained how this whole thing's going to go. She gave me 50% deposit. He's like, really? I said, well, why? You sound surprised. He goes, well, the first half of the list is what she said she wanted. The whole bottom of the list were all the things we were recommending. I said, oh, well, whatever, dude. She wants, she's doing it all. And so after that, he sent me out on every proposal. You know, and um, and then but then what happened was he goes to me, oh, remember Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job selling that. Now go do it. And I went and I, I, I went and I did it. And then but I still got the same paycheck. Right. So fast forward, I go to the University of Delaware for uh, accounting and finance. I'm in my second year. And right before the end of the semester, I broke my leg pretty badly, cracked my kneecap in half. Um, you know, tore ligaments, the whole bit. But the weirdest thing was it didn't hurt. Like when it happened, my knee popped, but I didn't, it, it was the weirdest thing. I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't painful. So I kept like playing fo the football game. I walked all the way back to my dorm over a mile, did all this damage, bad news. Yeah. So two days later, this is three days before Christmas, two days later, I'm in the hospital. And uh, before you know it, I'm in a, I'm in a full length cast and I'm there for three months you know, and then three more months after they cut the cast off. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. No north, north, yeah, no surgery. Yeah, oh my I, god. I surgery there. This was save the leg time. And um, and so uh, you know, three more months uh, trying to learn how to use it again. And I, you know, I ran out of the grants ran out, the 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 student loans are gone, and I'm paying my way through school. So I just didn't have the money. So I'm thinking to myself, I gotta figure out a way to make money. Wait a minute, I know what I can do. I know there's Mr. and Mrs. Smiths out there, whether they be residential or commercial. And I know how to sell, I know how to sell landscape jobs and I sure as heck know how to do them because they used to send me for that. And so I started a design build landscape firm and I wanted to get it right. So at the same time, I, I signed up for a county college, uh, Morris County Community College actually had a very good horticulture program. So I re I signed up at night to go to school, horticulture and business management to, you know, finish out my studies and boom, I'm in business. So there I am. I own a landscaping company. It did really well. And for seven years, I had that company and then I sold the company. Um, I had grown up in construction. Everyone in my family thought I was, you know, the lunatic fringe for going into a landscape company. I sell the business and like, good, you finally came to your senses, you know, get, get back into construction where you belong. I'm like, all right. You know, and so, and so, um, uh, so I started a construction company and I was miserable. Oh, it wasn't, it was never for me. It's why I didn't go into it in the first place. And, uh, and so I have this business, uh, but I did, I, I, I had that business for 12 years and, um, and then sold that company in 2004. 
But I really found my passion play in 1990. I went to a uh, personal development seminar by Tony Robbins. At the, and at the time, he wasn't the big name he is today. I went, I went to that seminar, fell in love with personal development. And, um, and then I got certified in any coaching methodology that was out there. NLP, DISC, Coactive, you name it, all of it, I was in. Um, I was really hooked when it came to that. And so I, um, uh, so I was coaching for a Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey and Ken Blanchard and, and, um, Dale Carnegie companies all through the nineties while I had my landscaping and my construction business. So <laughs> I hire a business coach for my business in 1996. And if there were hashtags back then, the hashtag <laughs> would have been hang up the hammer, you know? And, um, and so uh, it took about five years, positioned the business for sale, sold that company. And, and so now, and so in, starting in 2002, I launched the company that I have today in its form, which is a full-blown consulting and coaching business. Um, and I've done that ever since 2002. It's an amazing story. It's a great story. And a lot of people just, you never know what's going to happen in your life. And that's how entrepreneurs start. But, and you always kind of find your way. So you did, you found your way. And, you know, it's funny, you hired a coach, you, you, and I love Tony Robbins, too, and uh, he's actually the reason I got married, which is a whole other story. But, you know, I got through four tapes, and I asked my wife to marry me. So, you know, <laughs> so typical, you know, like Jersey, Jersey guy, we got to go out and do it, right? So, so you see this all the time. You see entrepreneurs now, you're working with entrepreneurs, and, and, you, you know, some business coaches that, you know, they just can't make people do things right and they don't do things right. So what are the biggest mistakes you see out there by entrepreneurs? Yeah. So, I, you know, one of the big entrepreneurial traps is that entrepreneurs are mavericks. They're rebels. Right. And God bless them, because, you know, everything, if you were to if you were to just look around the room that you're in right now, the clothes you're wearing, what you're standing on, you have these things in your life because an entrepreneur ignored the word no likely a hundred times, right? Nothing, nothing that you have around you today um, would not exist without an entrepreneur who wasn't a rebel or a maverick and said, I'm going to take, I'm going to start something new, make it better. And it doesn't exist today, but it's going to exist tomorrow because of me. Now that's great when you're launching an idea, but it is darn near suicide once you have a business. So entrepreneurs fall into this trap where they rebel against themselves, hmm. they rebel against the very systems and processes that they put in place in the first place. Cause here's what they do. They say, listen, if I'm as dumb as my boss, I could be a millionaire too. Well, you know what? I don't, you know, they're pretty dumb and, uh, you know, they seem to be doing well. I can be stupid too. And so they start a business and they realize I'm never going to have a business like them. I could do it so much better. And then what happens is they realize, wait a minute, I get it now. Without a system, I can't repeat what I just did before. You know, every time I want to, I have to reinvent the wheel. That's expensive. You know, everybody's an idealist until you start paying taxes. Right. Everybody's entrepreneur until you learn about like profit margin, cost of goods sold, overhead expenses. And that thousand dollars you just bought in, but you had to give away 900 of it. And you're sitting with a hundred bucks and you've realized how hard you worked. That's that, that's the wake up call. And so, but the, one of the biggest mistakes right out of the gate is they rebel against their, you know, they try to stick it to the man or the woman, but guess what? They're the man, they're the woman. 
So they rebel against themselves, which is, you know, on paper, you're like, no, no, no. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, I've done that before, you know? Yeah, it's great. I mean, listen, I always tell people that profits, you know, the first thing they forget is that they need to make a profit. I see so many business owners are just, you know, working so hard. And like you said, they're going to stick it to some other company and they're going to do it cheaper and faster and better. And then all of a sudden they realize, wait a second, I'm supposed to make money at the same time too, you know? Exactly. And especially when they think about, you know, here at the deal board, a lot of people are coming here because they're thinking about selling. And I know you help people position their business for sale. So what, you know, what should people be thinking about when they're thinking about selling? You know, what are some of the things that you see out there with entrepreneurs do that may be wrong or maybe right? Sure. So, um, so building a company with culture sometimes sacrifices accountability. Okay. Now here's the important thing when you're thinking of selling now, accountability does not have to be a, you know, collateral damage for culture. You can have both. However, what most people do is they build a culture and that culture is based on pleasing and friendship and agreement. And sometimes they don't build in the tough conversations or they don't build in the consequences of not meeting those standards. So guess what happens? We build this great culture, right? And he's a great guy. He's got a, he's got a open door policy. Anytime I need him, he's there. Right. Well, if I'm going to buy your business and I, I say, well, what's it like working for Andy? And they say, oh, my God, great guy. Always there at the, at the company picnic. Here's what I hear as the investor. Can't live without Andy. So that's going to cut the valuation down. Here's here's what is music to a buyer's ears. Well, what's it like to work for Andy? Well, I've got to be honest with you. I'm not really sure. It's, you know, if you don't mind my saying so or don't let it get back to him, but a bit of a jerk. You know, I know it's not the nicest guy in the world. But you know what? He has built a really nice system here. I, I don't see him all that much. I mean, he comes to the picnic. I, I mean, if I really need him, I could call him, but I don't really need I speak to my manager. That is music to the buyer's ears because they say, oh, that business doesn't need Andy. It's a machine that runs without him. And so a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have trouble letting go of the technician within them, the operator within them, the salesperson within them, you know, that has a tactical role in the business. You have to, as a business owner, you have to fire yourself off the org chart and be chairman or chairwoman of the board up to three years before you sell, not six months, right? Because if somebody wants to buy you and they think that you're too attached to the business, you can lose up to 50% of the value of your company because they are going to assume it's a big risk when you leave and you're going to take a lot of clients with you. And we're going to see a Jerry Maguire episode the moment you leave, Right. And so that's a that's a really big mistake. You have to have three-year run with your management team running the business without you on a day-to-day basis. And the profits and the and the relationships and the contracts don't rely on the business owner. It's amazing advice. And I've seen that play out so many times. You're absolutely right. You wrote three books that I know of, Blue, Blueprint for Success, The Seven mm-hmm. Stages of Small Business Success. And most recently, the Biv Dev Done Right. So we were just talking about business development. Give me a little bit about that book uh, specifically since it's your latest one. The Biz Dev Done Right. So I'm sitting with a colleague and, uh, and we were talking about um, all of the, the wreckage of businesses and sa- specifically sales campaigns. Now, 
I'm not a New England Patriots fan, nor am I a Seattle Seahawks fan, but just as a fan of performance, this still bothers me to today. And for those of you, look it up because you can't miss it. It is it has been known as the worst coaching call in the history of sports. There we are. The Seattle Seahawks are driving towards fourth quarter, driving towards the end zone. They've got this guy, Marshawn Lynch, who is nicknamed the beast. So just think about how, and, and he was running all over the New England Patriots. He dragged five guys on his back for five yards, landed on the one yard line. Everybody on planet earth with one exception figured they're going to hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. He's going to, he's going to carry the team right into the end zone. They're going to win the back-to-back Super Bowls. Well, what did the coach do? Got creative, threw the ball. Oh, everybody thinks Marshawn's going to get it. So what are we going to do? We're not going to give it to him. We're going to try to throw it. As many of you realize, the New England Patriots intercepted the ball of all things, ran out the clock, and essentially, I mean, great play by the by the Patriots, a great coaching call. But, um, but yeah, the coach overthought it, and, and so – you know, though, though, <laughs> those are though, that's one of the things that kind of haunts me is that you watch the business owners either violate their own rule or overthink it or try to get over creative on their own plan and they get away from the discipline that got them. It sounds great. And so, obviously, the other two books give us a little synopsis of what those books kind of cover. Sure. So, Biz Dev Done Right is how to stop you from sabotaging your, your, uh, your campaigns, you know, on the one yard line and get it across the finish line. The other two books blueprint for success. I was very honored and flattered to be invited to be part of that book by, uh, the late Stephen Covey and Ken Blanchard. Uh, they wanted a, they, they, the, the, um, because my seven stage growth model is a blueprint for the sequence a business needs to go through in order to grow. They felt that that would be a good, um, addition to the book. And then the seven stages of small business success is the growth cycle that a business needs to either go from startup to seven figures in three years or less, or take an existing business and help it get all the way through exit um, in a very structured, methodical and predictable manner. It's great stuff. And it's great stuff for the deal board. Carl, give us a little bit about Seven Stage Advisors and how to get in touch with you if someone wants to learn more. So thanks. Uh, I'm very easy to find on, on online. Just go to carlgould.com or seven, the number seven, stageadvisors.com. And uh, for your listeners, Andy, um, we, we offer a free growth analysis you can spend up to two hours with a growth expert um, and showing you where the gaps are in your growth system. And we'll give you five, uh, we'll give you five strategies for how to grow your business. So for any of your listeners that want to take us up on it, just go to either one of those sites, hit me up on the contact us page. And there's a whole page on what the business analysis is. And you spend a couple hours with one of our growth experts. It's great stuff. Carl, my fellow buddy from New Jersey, uh, we have to get together one day in person, share a beer or something to be great. Absolutely. So, so thanks, Carl. Thanks for coming on today. Andy, thanks so much for having me. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is listing of the week. And we have Dan Huber from Transworld Business Advisors of Minnesota with us. 
And Dan has another great business. Uh, we have lots of great businesses come to the deal board. And this one is manufacturing, which uh, everybody loves. So why don't you give us a little bit of background? Dan, welcome. Oh, hi, Andy. It's good to, good to, good to be here. Uh, so, so this one, uh, it's a metal fabrication company uh, based in Minnesota. Um, they build uh, products for the uh, defense industry. It's uh, the owner's been uh, thinking about retiring for just over a year. Um, and uh, his son was going to take over the company, uh, but uh, decided that a little too far of a drive has four kids. And so the succession plan didn't work. Uh, we've been working with uh, the seller for, like I said, just about a year and just put this uh, uh, deal together a month ago. Yeah, we see that a lot. I mean, not a lot of times the succession to a family member is not the best choice for a business owner, uh, especially when it comes to financial uh, that, you know, they want to get paid for all their hard work and the kids don't have the money or they don't, like you said, they just don't want to do it. So it sounds like that was the case here. So why don't you give us a little bit about the numbers? Oh, sounds good. So we've got a 60,000 square foot uh building uh, that is listed at 1.643 million. Uh, the business is listed at 7.5 million and it's got a, a, a SDE of 1.7 million. Uh, very nice clean books. The only add backs are owner salary and owner overhead um, and prepared by a, a CPA firm. So that's always nice. Yeah, that's always, an, and listen, when those businesses get to that size, usually they have a professional CPA, they have clean books and records, and certainly in the manufacturing business, uh, they, especially working with the defense industry, I would imagine that they had extra scrutiny on those books as well. So Correct. sounds like a great deal for someone to come in uh, who wants to expand their business or even a strategic buyer. So what's the best way to get in touch with you, Dan, if someone wants to learn more? Well, anybody, of course, can give me a call on my cell phone, 612-616-2307, uh, or email dhuber, H-U-B-E-R, at tworld.com. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, a Colorado woman faces jail time for the hate crime of tearing up a pro-police sign. An excess of lawyers may be responsible for an excess of warning labels. And Connor takes the Guess the Verdict Challenge. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. 
Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.